Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. Happy New Year and happy sixth birthday to this podcast. The first episode of People Are the Enemy was posted on Monday, January 1st, 2018. And I'm proud to say that in six years, we've been able to give you at least one brand new episode every week. I hope you celebrated New Year's Eve in a way befitting your mood and temperament. I was off from my regular full-time job all last week, so I spent a good portion of my downtime doing what I love to do, and that's lying on my back reading. I read Michelle Welbeck's novella, Lanzarote. I read a novel by Catherine Lacey called The Answers. And I'm halfway through the science fiction novel Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. In 2023, I read just under 30 books. Some years I read more books, some years I read fewer books. It all really depends on how much time I have and how long the books are. And speaking of books, did you know that while there are no ads on the People Are the Enemy podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it, I am the author of 11 books that are all available for purchase right now in both ebook and paperback formats worldwide via Amazon. It's true! And if you don't use Amazon, you can buy all 11 of my self-published novels in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my stories, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People are the enemy listeners. This is the energy we're rolling into 2024 with. Are you with me? Can you feel it? Let's get into it. Come on. That's right, baby. Come on. Start off this year right. Come on. You are now rocking with the best. Where else would you be? Give it to me now. All right. Sing it, John Spencer. Do you love it? I love it. All right. We're going to back it down, because I'm going to get into it. That's right. It's our first show of the new year. Thank you for spending time with me. It's good to have you along. It's good to have you here. You're in the right place. I'm all juiced up. I got a, I just had a, I just had a hot coffee, <laughs> and I had a Terry's. Do you know what a Terry's is? Some of these folks may not know what a Terry's is. Let me grab the box here. This is a French confection. It's called a, a Terry's. It's a chocolate orange. Maybe you know it more as this chocolate orange, but it's packaged in a box. 
It's about the size of like, oh, I don't know, like a small Rubik's cube, you know? And uh, it's it's shaped like an orange in like a uh, in gold foil. And uh, what you do with these Terry's uh, chocolate oranges is you whack them against a hard surface. I know it sounds strange to be uh, thinking of uh, uh, this is the what you do with chocolate, but I, I suppose it's not strange if you're a, a fan of the Charleston Chew. You remember the Charleston Chews when you were a kid? They'd be about like a foot long, foot and a half long. You put them in the freezer, and then you were supposed to smack it against a hard surface while it was still in the packaging, and then you unwrap it and you share it with your friends. That's what a Terry's is. Basically, it's a, it's a chocolate orange, uh, and you, you whack it against a hard surface, and then when you pull off the gold foil, it's in, like, like what? I don't know, maybe, like, 50 different, like, slices? And it's uh, got the text. It's like the chocolate is literally textured like an actual orange, as if there's juice under it, but it's not juice. It's just pure chocolate. And this one, I'd never had a Terry's of this nature. This was a, a chocolate orange Terry's with toffee. Oh my gosh, so good. I sound like I'm doing an advertisement for this. Terry's, you want to sponsor the People Are the Enemy podcast? <laughs> and, you know, what is it? I'm reading the uh, the box here. Karen Bar and Company at Nine Rue Maurice Mele. That's a terrible French accent. Uh, made in France. Terry's. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had one, but uh, my wife gives me one every Christmas, it seems. She puts one in her stocking. And I always intend to, like eat some of it, and then put, you know, then wrap up the rest and put it away and have it another day. It never happens. I eat the entire Terry's in one go. And uh, it's just irresistible. It's so good. And they make it so, like, you know, it's getting these little slices and you're pulling them off one at a time. These little slices of uh, this wonderful milk chocolate. Oh, so good. Terry's. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shoot. What have I got to speak with you about? Oh. Oh, I saw two does on my lawn. Yeah. I came home from the gym on Friday of this past week. Yeah, I was off all last week, but I still went to the gym. I had to, man, because I was eating a lot. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, shoot, I got to go back to work. If I don't fit in my clothes, I'm going to have a real problem. So yeah, I was still getting up early, going to the gym, and uh, I was coming home about five, what five forty, five forty-five a.m. on uh, Friday morning. It was still dark. And I was pulling down my street, and I stopped short because I saw these two beautiful deer on my lawn. If you didn't know when I said I saw does, I didn't mean like I saw those things over there. <laughs> no, no, I saw two does, as in D-O-E-S. Beautiful does in my front yard. And uh, I stopped my car because I didn't want to scare them, and I said... I said, holy S out loud, because <laughs> it's not something I see. You know, I, I've mentioned deers before, you know, I, I live in New Hampshire, so, you know, we're, we're pretty close to, you know, uh, some rural spots, but I live in a city, so to see, like, a deer in my own neighborhood is a little odd, you know? Um, anyway, saw two deer, beautiful big does, one had a tail about a foot and a half long, and it's odd if only because you don't think about a deer having a tail. You know, one had like a little tuft, a little fluff, if you can picture that, and the other had like a long tail. And they had a rabbit with them. There was a bunny with it was like it was like a Disney cartoon out there. Yeah. And uh I, I stopped my car, I said, holy S, then I turned on my brights, and the deer both look, you know, like they say, like a deer in a headlights. Absolutely true. They both froze and looked at me, and I looked at them through my windshield. 
And I had the car light turned on so I could like find my phone and then try to queue up like my camera to get a, a little video of these beautiful deer because who the hell was going to believe me <laughs> unless I had photographic proof. But what happens, and I don't know if you have an iPhone, I didn't realize this, but I guess the iPhone interprets light from its closest source and only and believes that it only needs to make that the, the part of uh, that's in focus. So basically trying to, to photograph something at night while it was dark outside of my car with the interior light on, I was trying to photograph something that was in my headlights, what, approximately 25, 30 feet away, from 30 feet in front of me. It came out completely blurry. It was as, as if, you know, this is like, you know, I'm telling tall tales. Of course, I ran right inside the house. Honey, you wouldn't believe what I just saw in the front yard, you know. And uh, I have no, I had no photographic proof, so you're just gonna have to believe me. And why shouldn't you? You should believe me. I never lie to you. This is a, you know, I'm an honest person. I, I, I never lie. You know, I was talking to someone this week, and I asked them if they'd ever lied to their, uh, to their therapist, and they immediately said yes. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> and I, I, it was just something I was thinking about, and. Uh, it's something I never did. I saw, you know, I was in therapy for three and a half years. And uh, I always thought to myself, I've got to be completely honest with this person. Because it's therapy and I'm paying for it. And the only way I'm going to get better is if I'm completely transparent. And there was really nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, there was nothing uh, so personal that I felt like, oh, this is a hard thing to say to somebody. No, I always felt like I'm an open book. And uh, obviously, you know, you've got that patient confidentiality, so you're not afraid to say anything. And I wasn't. But yeah, I, I was uh, I was having breakfast with somebody, and they told me that uh, that they, <laughs> they lied to their therapist. And I wanted to say, like, you know, isn't that a bit counterproductive? But I, I didn't. And, and in their defense, the thing that they lied about was the, the frequency of uh, sexual activity. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, you know, and they they didn't get into too many details as I won't hear because I I won't embarrass uh, you or this person. Obviously, I'm keeping it uh, uh, keeping it private. But uh, yeah, but uh, I could I could almost I could almost understand in, in in that sort of thing. And I thought to myself, had that ever come come up in my therapy? The answer is no. And then uh, if my therapist had ever asked me about it. I think I would have been honest. I think I would have been honest. But who knows? You never know until you're there. I wanted to, to say thank you to somebody, speaking of uh, people in my life. And this is nothing to do with <laughs> the person I had breakfast with. This is a, a fellow on X. And I hate saying X. I uh, I don't hate many things, but I, I do... I dislike calling a former site known as Twitter now X. I have a feeling that that's not going to last too much longer, and I really hope it doesn't, because uh, I don't care for the person running it. Um, but I do care for a lot of the people on that social media site. I, I'd made some great friends over there. Um, shoot, I, I don't know if I'd I'd be I'd be working with Rachel if I I hadn't been on what again the site formerly known as Twitter. I think we probably first connected over there. So I'm grateful for it for so many things. And one of the things is uh, Lord Gordon-Gordon. And uh, his real name is James Leon David. And you can find him at at James Leon David 1, as in the number 1, on X. And uh, I wanted to thank him because he'd been making these buttons and posting pictures of them. And when I say buttons, I don't mean like a button on a shirt. And I guess this is probably... 
you know, in America, we tend to call them pins, you know, um, and we consider buttons more like a button on a shirt. But uh, I know that uh, I think I think folks who are into the collecting buttons refer to them as buttons. And what they mean, are, again, are these, you know, like pins, like with some the saying on them or something cute or, you know, promoting something. And he'd had uh, these really cool read band books buttons. And I said, that's really cool. How do I get one of those? Because I really liked it. And uh, Lord Gordon Dash Gordon said, I'll send you one for nothing. DM me your address. And I did. And he sent me one of these great buttons. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I said, I'll wear it proudly. And um, I will. I was psyched to have that. Read banned books. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Absolutely. You know what I don't agree with? And this is something that maybe you've seen. I noticed it on a jar of tomato sauce in our cabinet, in our kitchen. Of course, that's where our cabinets are, in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, well, I suppose it could be like a cabinet in the bathroom, right? No, but I noticed this. I'm talking about food. I noticed this on a can of... Why do you have a jar of tomato sauce in your bathroom, Droops? <laughs> no, it was a jar of tomato sauce, unopened, in the uh, the kitchen cabinet. And uh, there was a little emblem on it. It said, made with real ingredients. And I was like, made with real ingredients? Like, why? <laughs> like, like, couldn't anything be an ingredient? Like, an ingredient could be thumbtacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, an ingredient could be, like, pencil shavings. You know what I mean? An ingredient could be, like, uh, like a, um, shoot, man, like lizard tails. You know, I'm thinking, like, witchcraft now. But, you know... Made with real, in what does that mean? Made with real ingredients, like even something like, you know, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily, ingredients to me could mean anything. It doesn't necessarily mean something edible. Dear Lord. Oh, hope you guys are doing well. Hope your 2024 is off to a good start. Can't believe we're in 2024, but here we are. Um, 2023 was a great year for this, for this podcast. It was, uh, it was a good year to be a fan of this show, and I'm, I hope you'll stay with us in 2024, as I hope to make this year even more exciting and more listenable and more entertaining, if that's even possible, <laughs> than last year and subsequently years. I'm, I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. Speaking of having fun, you know, you know what I was delighting in this past week on TikTok was, uh, again, I had time off. And there was this trend going around. It was blind-ranking uh, white boys. <laughs> it sounds so weird saying that. I don't know if you saw this trend. I say trend. It was, you know, one of those blind-ranking things where, you know, you get... If, if you're on TikTok and you, you know what I'm talking about, basically, like, you have a box. It's usually, like, superimposed onto the user's forehead. And it's generating random things. Maybe it's band names. Maybe it's... um. Maybe it's actresses, maybe it's um, lead singers, maybe it's rappers, whatever it could be. This one was all white boys. <laughs> it was called, and it was called uh, Blind Ranking White Boys of the Month. And I'll tell you, I never had so much fun watching people blind rank white boys on scale of 10 to 1. One being like their, their top white boy. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, it's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> it was just a white boy texting me. <laughs> um, I should, 
turn the ringer off. I probably should have started with that. Anyway, sorry about this. But, uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed watching these people. All different sorts of people. All sorts of demographics. Women, men, others, all ranking white boys. It was so interesting to me. I, I think what I liked best was, like, watching them talk their way through it and their reasoning as to why. And I'll tell you something I noticed. And they were probably, like... I don't know, this thing probably generated like 40 different white boys, any kind of white boy you can imagine, right? So you've got, you've got people like, uh, shoot, the kid from the Hunger Games, I forget what that kid's name was. <laughs> like, a lot of these guys were unrecognizable to me because I'm 49 years old, <laughs> not hip to like, uh, the youth so much, but, uh, he was recognizable to me, who was also like Harry Styles was in that, that white boy mix there that was shuffling up. But the one thing or I noticed, or the two things I noticed, was that, <laughs> this is terrible, people people really dislike Cole Sprouse. Do you, do you know who Cole Sprouse is? Do you ever watch the Disney Channel? Remember the, the twins? Do you remember, oh, here's, here's a, a, better, um, a better frame of reference, Big Daddy, the movie with uh, Adam Sandler from, what, the late 90s, right? where he's a father of, like, he, he has to take care of this kid that's uh, um, his buddy's child that he didn't know he had, the guy played by Jon Stewart, the character. And uh, it's Cole and Dylan Sprouser twins, and uh, in the movie it's just one kid, but obviously they had to use, you know, both actors in order to, uh, to have the uh, enough time to make the films, of course. You know, child labor laws being what they are. But these, these two boys went on to additional fame, and yet Cole Sprouse kept coming up and I'll tell you what, as soon as that, that young man came up on these this white boy ranking, inevitably, whoever it was, a young woman, older woman, young man, uh, older man, whoever was doing the ranking would throw poor, poor Cole Sprouse in like the 8, 9, or 10 slot if it was open. They did not care for him. Conversely, uh, Jeremy Allen White who uh, you may know from the show The Bear. Oh, my God. The, the, immensely popular. Hugely popular. White, white boy. <laughs> top three. Inevitably. Every single time, the top three. But I'll tell you, I don't know why it made me so happy to watch these people. And I think it was only like when, when people would talk through it. You know what I mean? Again, I didn't care who it was who was doing it demographically. Um... But when they were discussing it and why they were choosing the way they were or getting excited or getting angry, whatever it was, it was so entertaining to watch. Anyway, uh, if you're looking for it, I'm sure you could find it. White Boy of the Month. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, shoot, I've got some things for you here. So let's get into it. And when I say things, you know, I mean, uh, I mean uh, some clips to play for you. And uh, we can't start the clips without the music. So uh, play the music. Whenever there's trouble, whenever the double, we're the bloodhound gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time, we're the bloodhound gang. Okay, let's get into it. The first up we have, um, shoot, you know what? I made notes about this one. I made notes about both of them, but I wanted to give you some... I, you know, I want to make sure to give credit, first of all, to the people who are putting these, these TikToks together. And I want to give, uh, so you, and I want to give their names so you can you can find them. Plus, I want to give you some context. This is a fellow named Todd Youngblood. He's from somewhere in the south, as you'll you'll hear in his accent. And uh, he's a musician. Uh, I believe he plays in a band and probably solo also. 
And he's got a TikTok account where he uh, plays a lot of music. And uh, the other thing he does is he talks to his mother on the phone. And his mother is, and he, their conversations are very entertaining and very fun. And uh, I don't know if his mom knows that he's recording these conversations and putting them on TikTok. I hope he, I hope she does, you know. <laughs> but uh, this was a, a short conversation that Todd Youngblood had with his mother. And uh, she had just learned, when I say she, I mean Todd's mother, had just learned about um, girl dinner. And uh, I hope that you, you know this term. And if you don't, you can look it up. But uh, basically, I'm going to let Todd's mother explain what girl dinner is. So here, here is Todd Youngblood uh, speaking with his mother, who is on speakerphone. Um, and uh, his mother, Todd's mother, learning about girl dinner. Here it is. Well, I got a question for you. I need you to explain something to me. What? Well, all week long, I've been hearing uh, some of my friends at work talking about they had girl dinner last night. I'll say, hey, what'd y'all do last night? Oh, we had girl dinner. And I got to thinking, well, I want to have a girl dinner at my place. So I invited some of my friends. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Hang on one second. Of course, I got a phone call. Right. Told them that I wanted them to come over and I was going to have girl dinner and what I was going to be making and all. Uh -huh. And they just been laughing at me. Yeah. They just laugh and yeah. they just kind of shake their heads and laugh. And I thought I was being really nice having it, inviting them over for, I was going to make, you know, my best stuff for girl dinner. Uh -huh. What are they talking about on girl dinner? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah. I think it's like if you eat snacks for dinner, it's like not having a real dinner i think like you're just you snack around kind of you mean like you eat your leftovers no i think it's like if you just ate like some chips and dip a piece of cheese you know oh good just Lord. like kind of a random platter you know what i'm saying uh, well, when y'all were little, we call that dig around night. Like, <laughs> dig around. You get in the fridge, you dig around in the fridge, get in the pantry, you dig around, you look in the cabinets, you dig around. Yep. Girl dinner, that's just dumb. <laughs> there you go. Todd Youngblood's mom discovers what girl dinner is. I thought that was great. I really enjoyed that. Uh, if you're looking for that, again, uh, that musician, his name is Todd Youngblood. Um, you can find him on TikTok. And there was something else I wanted to play for you. It's going to take a moment to find because I had to edit it. I don't normally edit anything um, that I find on TikTok. But this one, this one, I had to I had to trim some things out of, if only to keep it palatable for the uh, for the listenership. And it's going to take a moment here. Let me just hear it is. Okay, I have to find my edit. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to give you some context on this one also. This is a woman who um, lives with her boyfriend. And uh, he works nights. Or I believe, you know, or maybe he... They work different shifts. Let's put it that way. And uh, she is... Uh, it sounds like they share a small apartment. She is in the living room. It's very dark. And uh, she is trying to keep it quiet so that she will not wake him. And uh, she made a discovery, and I'm going to leave it at that. So I'm going to play this clip for you right now. And uh, she whispers, but uh, I've got the volume turned up loud, and I'm hopeful you'll be able to hear her. Uh, I'm going to pull the, the audio real close to the mic here. 
Okay, let's give this a shot. So this is a woman, again, making a discovery in her living room in the middle of the night. Okay. With a man is fucking crazy, bro. So my boyfriend has work early in the morning, and I can't find my earbuds. I wanted to watch this video at full volume, so I came in here to the living room. It's pitch black in here. I sat down on the couch. I've just been sitting in here the last 15, 20 minutes, finished watching that video, and been scrolling on TikTok, and I've been like fiddling with something with my foot. It was squishy. Side note, my niece spent the night last night, so I thought it was one of her toys. She has this squishy, like, fidget toy that I like playing with when she comes over, and I thought it was that. I thought it was just cold, because you know how sometimes when things are cold, it can also feel wet. But then I'm like, wait, no, that's actually wet. What? Look at what my boyfriend left on the floor that I have been fiddling with. I've been squishing my toes in for the past 20 minutes. Lasagna, bro. Lasagna. Never in my life did I expect to step in and play with lasagna with my bare foot on the floor. I just had to wash my foot in the bathtub so it doesn't smell like tomatoes and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> How great was that? I love that so much. I laughed so hard. I hope you were able to hear it okay. She was playing something with her, uh, playing with something in the dark with her foot. She thought it was a toy left by her niece, who had stayed overnight. And when she, uh... She turned on the light, she realized it was a plate of lasagna. <laughs> so, so gross. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that. I should, I should give her... Shoot! Sorry, guys. A little bump around there. Uh, boy, this has been a rough episode. <laughs> Sorry. The phone calls, text messages. Damn. Okay, um, yeah, I should give her at also, so that if you're looking for her, I'm going to look her up right now. Okay, yeah, her name and her Twitter, I'm sorry, TikTok, jeez, this show has been a cluster F. Uh, her TikTok handle is Glam with Stella, if you're looking for her on TikTok. And uh, with all that, I am going to now hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week, the first of 2024. Thanks to everyone who listened last week and commented. I heard from Sherry, Jill, Tavy, Bill, Jeffrey, and Bob. Thanks to Bill especially for reminding me of Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Not really a duet, but it is featuring Wendy Frazier. And he hit me to the Thompson Twins if you were here from 16 Candles. I have added both to the playlist. For 2024, our near year starts on a Monday. But in other years, the first is a Saturday, which means a new chart. So I'd like to take you back through all those Saturday, January 1st, to see what was on top of the Billboard Hot 100 at the time. On January 1st of 2022, hitting number one for the fifth time was All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Originally from her 1994 album Merry Christmas. It did not chart on the U.S. Hot 100 at the time of the release due to Billboard's rules at the time. But as Billboard has changed their rules over the years, the song has fared better. The song first made the Hot 100 on January 8th of the year 2000, hitting number 83 for one week. Then it appeared on the Digital Songs chart in 2005 and recur the recurrent chart from 05 to 08. In 2012, the rules changed again, and the song hit the Hot 100 again at number 21. It had actually appeared in the top 40 every December 
from 2012 to 2018. And then it hit number one every December or November from 2019 to 2023. I would encourage you if to read the Wikipedia page, especially if you're a fan of this song, to get the full scoop. In the 2000s and the 2010s, I was unaware of the song's growing popularity uh, until I was on a holiday light trolley in 2015 and the song came on and everyone on board was singing along. So it's no surprise to me that it hits number one every year and will probably continue to do so. Going back a few years to January 1st of 2011, the number one song was Firework by Katy Perry. It debuted at number 57 on November 6th of 2010. It hit number one on December 18th and it stayed there for four weeks. It had spent a total of 39 weeks on the Hot 100, and for the year-end chart of 2011, it was number three. This was the third single from Katie's third album, Teenage Dream, and she co-wrote it with Sandy Wilhelm, Esther Dean, and the Norwegian songwriter-producer duo known as Stargate. Uh, There's a music video for it that was shot in Budapest. Uh, The song is described as an anthem of self-empowerment. And a reviewer that's cited on the Wikipedia page says it's influenced by Coldplay, and it seems like they meant the song Viva La Vida, because it kind of has that same build like this one does. Um, I find this to be very emotional. I remember hearing it in a scene in the movie Madagascar 3, when all the animals are performing in a circus. Teenage Dream, the album, had five number one hits, which made Katy Perry the first woman and the second artist after Michael Jackson to have five U.S. number ones on the same album. Going back to January 1st of 2005, the number one hit was a song called Let Me Love You by Mario. Uh, It debuted at number 97 on October 23rd of 04, and it hit number one on January 1st. It stayed there for nine weeks and spent a total of 36 weeks on the chart. And it was the number three hit overall for the year 2005. This was the first single off of Mario's second album, Turning Point. Mario's was born Mario Dewar Barrett, and he is from Baltimore. He got his first record deal at the age of 14. He had three other Hot 100 appearances, and he is still releasing new music as of 2023. I honestly have no memory of this one, and I kind of feel bad. It's a perfectly nice song. If anyone has memories associated with it, you know, from school dances or things like that, uh, please let me know for sure. Mario has also gotten into acting, and he has appeared in Freedom Writers, as well as he played Benny in the TV production of Rent. Um, He's also an activist, uh, helping children whose parents are struggling with drug addiction. Going back to January 1st of 2000, the number one hit at that time was Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. That song hit the chart at number 78 on July 31st of 99, hitting number one on October 23rd and staying there for 12 big weeks. It spent a total of 58 weeks on the Hot 100. Smooth was the number 19 song overall for 1999 and number two for the year 2000. It was the first single from the 18th Santana album entitled Supernatural. It was their first since 1992's Milagro. Maria Maria with Wyclef Jean was also a single from the album and it hit number one. There were four other singles released. And I remember this one as truly being inescapable and it was my first year in the dorms and so I had access to MTV. The song and the video I felt were very overplayed and I really couldn't believe it when it became a meme. (laughs) I learned that Rob Thomas took an existing song by Ital Schur and rewrote the lyrics and melody and recorded a demo to play for Carlos Santana but he had originally wanted George Michael to sing on the song. The previous biggest hit for Santana was Black Magic Woman, which hit number four in 1971. On January 1st of 1984, the number one song was Hero by Mariah Carey. That debuted at number 71 on October 23rd of 93, and it hit number one on Christmas of 93, stayed there for four weeks. 
in a total of 30 weeks on the chart, and it was the number five song for 1994. Hero was the second single from Mariah's third album, Music Box. It was co-written and co-produced by Mariah herself with Walter Afansiev, and that was the same duo behind All I Want for Christmas. Uh, Hero was the follow-up to Dream Lover, and it, uh, Hero hit the Hot 100 while Dream Lover was number one, and then Without You followed a few months later. All three were on the chart for four weeks in 94, and Hero was Mariah's eighth number one single. Uh, getting back to the 80s, on January 1st of 83, the number one single was Man Eater by Daryl Hall and John Oates. That debuted at number 65 on October 16th of 82, and it hit number one on December 18th. It stayed there for four weeks, in a total of 23 weeks on the chart, and it was number seven overall for 1983. This was the lead single from the duo's 11th studio album, H2O, formatted like the formula for water. It's the fifth out of six number ones that the duo has earned. And the song reportedly came out of a jam session that John Oates had with Edgar Winter. And it was written by Hall and Oates themselves, together with Sarah Allen, who was Hall's partner at the time. And she's name-checked in Sarah Smile. And I have a very vivid memory of playing this on a jukebox at a Pizza Hut with my family when we were visiting my uncle when he was at college. Getting back to the 70s, on January 1st of 1977, the number one song in the land was Tonight's the Night, in parentheses, Gonna Be Alright, by Rod Stewart. That had debuted at number 81 on October 2nd of 76, and it hit number one on November 13th. It stayed there for eight weeks, um, and it spent a total of 23 weeks on the chart, and it was the number one song for 1977. Uh, That was one of three number one hits that Rod Stewart had, and it stayed the longest at number one for him. Uh, This was the first single from his seventh studio album, A Night on the Town, and the song was written by Rod, and I actually didn't know that he wrote any of his own material, so that's pretty cool to learn. Uh, He was inspired by a song by America called Today's the Day. There had been a Neil Young album and song of the same name just called Tonight's the Night in 1975, but I don't know if that's why they added the parenthesis, because Tonight's the Night was not released as a single. I learned that it was temporarily banned by the BBC and also protested by Jesse Jackson uh, but I cannot find a citation from any contemporary news sources I learned that Janet Jackson covered the song for her Velvet Rope album and seems to be addressing it to a male and a female partner like she's uh, setting up a three way with them the number one song on January 1st of 1972 was Brand New Key by Melanie and this was already discussed in People Are the Enemy 259 so you can go back to listen to that if you want uh, it w- did debut at number 87 on October 30th of 71, and it hit number one on Christmas of 71, staying there for three weeks. It spent a total of 18 weeks on the chart, and it was number nine hit for 1972. Going all the way back to 1966, on January 1st, the biggest hit in the land was The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. That had debuted at number 80 on November 20th of 1965. It hit number one on January 1st, and it stayed there for two weeks and a total of 14 weeks on the chart. It was the number 54 hit for 1966. Simon and Garfunkel recorded this song for their debut album, Wednesday morning, 3 a.m., in an acoustic version. The single and album were both released in October of 1964. The album was seen as a failure until some stations in Boston, as well as Cocoa Beach, Florida, both appealing to college students, started playing the song in spring of 65. In mid-June, Columbia Records producer Tom Wilson created a remix by adding electric instrumentation to the song, and they released it as a single in September. This was the version that went on to become a hit. 
Um, it seems that the duo was not aware this had been done, but it was sort of a common practice at the time. And you can read on the Wikipedia page both Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel's uh, remembrance of what it felt like when that song hit number one. This song, as well as other music by Simon and Garfunkel, would go on to be used in the film The Graduate, and sound, The Sound of Silence was also memorably used in Arrested Development Season 4. If you go back even further, on 1955, January 1st, the number one hit was Mr. Sandman by The Cordettes. Uh, that was famously known to modern audiences in Back to the Future, as well as Uncle Buck. But then recently it's been used as a TikTok sound of this very cute little orange cat being flipped around. And going back even further to 1949, the number one song on January 1st was Buttons and Bows by Dinah Shore. I think it seems like something that would be influential to Amy Sedaris. Look that up if you've never heard Buttons and Bows. I enjoyed listening to it. Well, that's all from me this week. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff, as always. This has been episode 313 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. Happy New Year. We love you. Peace.